Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Had a couple of your questions sent in on the Instagram story the other day, at Rugby League Guru. Going to go through a couple of those over the next few days. We're going to kick off with three questions today. I'll go through them now. The first one is from at Kalen underscore Gibb. He says, who is your favorite Dragons player of all time? We'll dive into some of the very best that the Red V have seen, some of my favorites. Then we've got at Hulk Hogan official. He says, will we see Bronson Zeri back? We'll dive into that one very interesting situation and then our last one is from at cooper.island who is your 2022 dark horse so those are our three questions thank you to Kalen cooper and whoever the hell hulk hogan official is doubt it's the real fella hope it is sure he would listen regardless though let's dive into the first one Kalen gibb uh favorite dragons player of all time for me when i think of the mighty red v and some of their greatest players of all time uh in my lifespan i've only seen them win one premiership which was 2010 so a lot of guys that come from that team obviously i love you know obviously darius boyd he was the clive church medalist that year i thought that grand final was a sensational performance by him really picking out a very young and inexperienced joey they lure on the left wing for the city Bruce's and he absolutely made a meal of it. But Darius, he was sensational that night. Uh, Brett Morris, he's obviously one of my all-time favorites. Jason Nightingale, absolutely love him. The two centers, Mark Gasnier, Matty Cooper, very, very hard to go past. Gasnier probably gets uh, more of the fame, more of the headlines, more of the great memories. But Matty Cooper, 
criminally underrated. Criminally underrated. Incredible player, Matt Cooper. I think he's uh, probably one of the best uh, total or natural centers uh, we've ever seen. On both sides of the ball, he was sensational. I think he's probably the best defensive center I've ever seen or right up there with him. And in attack, he was sensational. He's probably overshadowed a little bit by Mark Gasnier unfairly, but a freakish player, Matty Cooper. Benny Hornby was the halfback in that side. Uh, tremendous leader. Started off as a fullback. I've got a lot of fond memories of him. Played a bit of State of Origin from memory too for the Blues, but Ben Hornby, uh, a champion player, very underrated to be able to play fullback in seven to the standard that he did for Wayne Bennett to choose him as the captain of the Dragons, be the leader of that team, says a lot. And uh, some really courageous performances from Benny Hornby that I think a lot of people forget. In that forward pack, a lot of guys that stand out for me. Ben Cray comes to mind straight away. Young Jared Safi. I uh, obviously had big Mick Wayman. Uh, Bo Scott, one of my all-time favorites, though, especially uh, during that period where he was the second row for the Dragons. He was sort of the bodyguard for Jamie Sowd, and then he would go into Origin, and they'd give him the job of trying to deal with GI, and he would just never back down. absolutely love Bo Scott. I think it says the world about uh, when Wayne Bennett sort of took him to Newcastle with him. He, he was the enforcer he wanted. Another guy I took to Newcastle with him was Jeremy Smith. Um, obviously, at that time, there was two Jeremy Smiths running around in the NRL, one for the Dragons in the back row. The other one was a 5'8 for South Sydney, but both were playing for the Kiwis. I'm pretty sure they played in the same team on a couple of occasions, the two Jeremy Smiths. But Jeremy Smith from the St. George Illawarra Dragons obviously played at the Melbourne Storm, played at the Newcastle Knights. Might have played at the Warriors off the top of the dome. I'm not confident on that, though. Definitely played at those three clubs. He was critical in that 2010 Premiership. He was unbelievable for them, a true leader. I believe he's still living up Newcastle way. I could be wrong on that. But Jeremy Smith, one of my favorites as well. Dean Young, very, very hard to go past Dean Young. Obviously, the son of Craig Young, who featured in the, uh, what would it, was it the 1970 grand final that they won last? 71, I think it might have been. Uh, and then, you know, 29, 30 years later, whatever it was, uh, for Dean Young to be in that side, tremendous effort. A guy that could play hooker, could play back row, a real leader. You hear the, the old Dragons boys, and I think it was uh, Jamie Sowell that I spoke to about it, and we were talking about guys that, when you're in the change room and you look around and you see them putting on your jersey, you straight away go, okay, he's on my team today. I'm on a good thing here. I'll be okay. And Dean Young was spoken about like that, which is just the ultimate compliment. Um, a couple before their time that really stood out to me, Lance Thompson, God rest his soul, one of my favorites. Uh, when he went to the Sharks, it just never looked right. He always looked at home in a Dragons jersey. One of his teammates, Luke Bailey, Justin Poor, other guys that I really liked. Uh, obviously, Paul McGregor before then, sensational center. Didn't play a heat for the St. George Illawarra Dragons uh, but the games that he did play absolutely love the way that he went about his work Trent Barrett's another one love Trent Barrett uh, I think he's very underrated uh, as far as halves and five eights go obviously came along in the era of Joey Johns Brad Fittler Laurie Daly these sort of guys so it was a really tough gig for him Benji Marshall sort of came uh, into the peak of his career during Barrett's as well so went over to Wigan played well over there went to the Cronulla Sharks did well there now obviously the head coach of the Canterbury Bulldogs I think a lot of people uh, bag Trent Barrett and sort of forget just how good he was uh, big body some of the biggest hands you'll ever see I remember shaking his hand one day and just being blown away but just the size of Trent Barrett. A guy that could play 5'8", he could play lock. He could have played in the back row if you wanted him to. Uh, big fan of Trent Barrett and his work. 
The two guys that I've gone for, though, actually, before I get to those two guys, two more fellas I want to mention that I absolutely love watching play. Nathan Blacklock, Entertainment Machine, and Anthony Mundine. Especially in that 99 team, these guys are unreal. That prelim final against the Cronulla Sharks, where they're backflipping, they're handstanding, they're doing it all. It was like a fucking circus there. Uh, two of my most entertaining players I've ever seen. I really do wish that uh, Chock would have stayed in the NRL. As successful as he was in boxing and whatnot, uh, selfishly, I wish he would have stayed in the NRL because like him, love him, hate him, want to kill him, whatever it might be, you cannot say he's not entertaining. So I would have loved to have seen Chock stay in the NRL. But my two favorite dragons are one's more, a more recent sort of dragon. Actually, I'm going to give you my three favorite dragons. Uh, one of them... Much more recent. Only stopped playing a year or so ago for them. Is still playing rugby league in the world. Gareth Witter. Um, I think came from the Melbourne Storm. And we quite often say that guys never leave Melbourne and get better. Witter improved out of sight. And I think people underappreciate how good he was at the Dragons. They always started well. Then they dropped off. Then they made it to the finals. Then they drop out really early. But Gareth Witter... Whenever he was injured, this team went to absolute shit. I thought for a long time there, he was one of the best players in the game. And I think if he was at a slightly better club, he really could have pushed for a Dalian medal on a couple of occasions. So Gareth Widdop, definitely one of my favorites. Obviously a goal-kicking 5-8, sensational kicking game, sensational running game. He could just do it all with it. So big fan of him. Before him, the man to wear the six, the last main guy to wear the six, was, of course, Jamie Sowen. Now, we've had him on the podcast. Really nice fella. The thing I love about Sowie, and this is also why I love Finchie so much, is that whilst they're very different characters, they're two guys that the media will give them shit for the five days leading up to their game of football. They'll find anything they possibly can to bag these guys. But when the game's on the line, Jamie Sowie always wanted the ball in his hand. Same as Finchie, regardless of the pressure, the scrutiny, they knew that if they wanted the ball in their hands and it didn't go well, they were going to cop more criticism than anyone else on that field. They knew they were going to cop more criticism than anyone else the entire week. They always wanted the ball in their hands. A standout moment for me with Jamie Soward uh, would have to be that 2010 prelim final against the West Tigers where he hit a field goal uh, from about 35 metres out to beat a red-hot uh, Benji Marshall-led West Tigers side. As I said, game was on the line. Jamie Soward wanted the ball. Grand final had a couple of moments too, a couple of big conversions that were massive in that game. He also set up the very first try to Mark Gaznier, a pinpoint kick. We quite often see guys kicking over to their wingers, putting it in the corner. Jamie Soward put it in a bit of a no-man's land and sort of he made the defensive line turn their their backs, which when the ball's in there and you've got your back turned, you are in serious trouble. And Gaznia, being the experienced player he is, came through and swooped on that one. So I would have Widdop, I would have uh, Jamie Soward, and then the last guy I'd pick, we actually already spoke about him earlier today on the podcast, he kicked a match-winning field goal in State of Origin, I think it was 2003 off the top of my head, Sean Timmons, uh, a champion player, absolutely love Sean Timmons, could play 13, second row, uh, could play 5-8, could fill in at hooker if you needed him to, just a natural footballer, I see uh, that he's still involved with the Dragons in the junior development, I think he's helping out with the Harold Matts and the SG Ball, still getting around in the red V, so big fan of Sean Timmons always have, always will be. He'll be right up there with the very best of them. If I had to pick one of these guys with a gun to my head, I honestly, I know it'll be an unpopular opinion, but I find Jamie Soward hard to leave out. I, I love guys that cop more shit than anyone, but they want the ball in their hands. Did I agree with everything Jamie Soward did or has said? No, no way. But I appreciate 
that when the game's on the line, he's got the balls to want the ball in his hand, yeah? That takes a lot. That takes a lot, especially when you know you're going to get criticised regardless. We saw Wayne Bennett come out and talk the other day about the moment where the Dragons started to fall apart was letting Jamie Soward go. Now, you can say whatever you want, but don't even try and pretend like you understand rugby league more than Wayne Bennett. And to me, that is the ultimate compliment to Jamie Soward that when they let him go, that was the moment that club started to fall apart. you got to remember Wayne Bennett. He arrived at the Dragons, and Jamie Soward had been there for 18 months. He'd come from the Roosters. Uh, he wasn't really getting much time there. He didn't really have... He couldn't defend overly well. He had a good running game, but he wasn't running that much. But what he could do is kick better than anyone else in rugby league. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Wayne Bennett built an entire system around knowing that if we can just get 45 to 50 metres on every set, Jamie Soward will put us in a spot where we can bully teams into corners. And I know that's not the highlights sort of stuff. That's not the entertaining sort of stuff. No one wants to see a highlights package of Jamie Soward putting the ball on a 10-cent piece uh, in the corner so they can umbrella their defence and bash them for the first three tackles. But that's how you win premierships. Wayne Bennett also had the confidence in Sowie that he knew that if they could just force them down and just keep turning their backs, eventually a penalty would come their way. And if they were in the opposition half, he would hand Jamie Sowell the tee and say, just start to build pressure. The more scoreboard pressure we have, the more that your kicks into the corners hurt, the harder it is to come out of your own end. And that's what the 2020 Premiership was built off. So Jamie Soward, he would have to be right up there as my favorite dragon ever. Thank you, uh, Kalen Gibb. Appreciate that one, brother. Our next question comes from at Holt Hogan, official Will we see Bronson Zeri back? Look, Bronson, he's 21 years old right now, yeah? His suspension comes off in 2023, so people tell me, oh, he'll be able to play when he's 23. The reality is his suspension actually ends in November, so the season will be over then. He will start a preseason uh, for 2024 at the end of 2023. That's still two seasons away. Uh, I do think we will see him back, to be honest with you, and I think he'll, he will come back bigger and better, uh, to be perfectly honest with you. I actually met Bronson um, about... Jeez, I'm trying to get my timelines right here, but it was before uh, the ban came into place. I was actually coaching my my under-16s team that I coach, and uh, we were marking up against this other team, and they had a really good center, really strong young kid, and I was walking up and down the sideline, put one of my better defenders on him. Jacko, if you're watching him, did a sensational job on him that day, and I remember walking up and down that sideline, and every time he got the ball, I could hear this bloke behind me cheering and yelling. Anyway, turned around at one point, it was Bronson, um, and I'd actually spoken to him a little bit on the Guru page, and I just put my hand out. I shook his hand. I said, hey, mate, I, I talked to you on the Guru page. Said, oh, hey, how are you? We spoke for about five or ten minutes while the game was going on. Really nice fella, champion fella. Uh, you can call him all the names you want. Genuine, down-to-earth, lovely guy. Had all the time in the world for me. We spoke about my team, his team, his cousin, Sharkies, everything, you name it. Uh, he'd done a video for me about three or four months earlier just saying, follow the Rugby League Guru, which I really did appreciate. Did that for a complete stranger. As I've said a few times, that 
sort of idea has now turned into Swish, which kills me every time. But they're doing fantastic things, raising a heap of money for charity. But Bronson, really nice guy. I don't really have a bad word to say about him from that meeting. I do remember, uh, and you guys might remember this, when COVID was first sort of hitting Australia and we were a little bit worried what was going on in rugby league, the news broke on the Friday night uh, that we might have an NRL player who potentially could have COVID. He's being tested. He was the first one to be tested. So everyone went into panic stations thinking that he had it, thinking that the fact that he's getting tested means he will have it before we really understood what COVID was. And it was Bronson Zeri. And that was on the Friday night. The Thursday afternoon was when my team had played his cousin's team. Uh, and I shook his hand. So I was in absolute panic stations. Everyone in my family was in panic stations. Pretty funny story. Reached out to him. He responded and said, no, mate, I'm all good. It's all sweet. So I've got a lot of time for Bronson. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people will never forgive him uh, for what has occurred. I don't know the full story. I'd love to get Bronson on the podcast one day to tell the full story. But Rugby League, we are no strangers uh, to a second chance, a second opportunity. For me, guys have done much worse and got another opportunity in Rugby League. And I think Bronson will turn this into a positive story in the long run. I do think he will return to the NRL. I think there's a really good chance he returns to the Cronulla Sharks without knowing what that relationship is like. He's obviously also best friends with Kyle Flanagan. We had Flano on the podcast. He spoke about the difficulties of that time with Bronson and whatnot. So depending on where Flano is, you could quite possibly see Bronson land there. You could end up seeing him at Canterbury. Whether Kyle Flanagan's going to be at Canterbury in two and a half years, God knows. There's a lot of water to go under that bridge, obviously, and they've got a lot of money to go into the market for as well. So where he ends up, I'm not sure, but I'm confident he will return. Now, if he does return when when he's available to return, He'll be 24 years old. Uh, Now, Bronson has had three or four years off. Uh, That will help his body, to be perfectly honest with you. He's going to come in at 24 years old. I mean, most guys, when they're 24 years old, and if they're going to play a full career in the NRL, they've already played 100 first-grade games. They've been banged up. They've been injured. Bronson's not going to go through that. So you need to consider that this guy, as much as he's going to come back when he's 24 years old, he could have another 10 potentially 11 years in rugby league realistically his body isn't going to be as banged up as the other 24 year olds that are getting around in rugby league so I would anticipate that a guy like Bronson Zeri with his talent his ability would play for at least another eight years or so so he could quite easily still play 200 first grade games regardless of this result I think he will walk back into most first grade systems most first grade teams with a preseason under his belt he looks fit as a fiddle right now uh, from speaking to him very very briefly over the last 18 months it looks like uh, he is very keen to return to the NRL. Interesting to see what he does in the meantime. But yes, I do think Bronson Zeri will return. And I think he will be successful as well. Uh, thank you for that one, Hulk Hogan official. Let's move to question number three. This one comes from Cooper.Island. Thank you for sending this one in, brother. He says, 2022 Dark Horse, who will it be? Now, for me, when I look at the ladder and I look at it from last year, for me, I don't think anyone's going to win the premiership in 2022 that isn't one of those big timers from last year. So I think the Penrith Panthers will be right up there. Uh, I think the Sydney Roosters, they will be right up there. I think the Melbourne Storm, once again, they'll be right up there. I think the Rabbitohs, they're probably at the bottom of this group, but I think they'll be there and thereabouts. Manly Seagulls, they'll be up there. I also think Parramatta will be up there. Now that is the top six teams. So they're one of the teams I think this premiership will come from. Sorry if that's a boring take or if you wanted something more outlandish, but I think that's just the reason 
reality of this competition right now. Uh, I've got the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Parramatta Eels probably at the bottom of that scale. Then I've probably got Manly. Then I've got Roosters, Panthers, uh, and Melbourne sort of as my favourites there. So the Knights are under that. Now that Mitchell Pearce has left, I think they drop down. I don't think the Titans will be overly relevant. The teams that interest me as dark horses, if, if there was to be a team that came from nowhere to win this premiership, I think it would be one of these three. The Cronulla Sharks, they would be one. I'm not convinced because they don't really have a genuine franchise seven unless Braden Trindle really takes his game to a, ne- to a new level this year, which isn't impossible. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I think he can do it. I'm just not convinced he's a seven that's ready to win a premiership now, which is understandable. He's played less than 50 first grade games. The other team that I think is the Canberra Raiders. Now, uh, they obviously were in a grand final two years ago. We all anticipated them to probably win a premiership over the next few years. Completely ate shit last year. It was a nightmare. But I think they have got a squad that could at least play finals footy. Once you do make the finals, anything can happen. You're asking me for a smoky. This is one of the teams that I think out of all the bottom, what is it, 10 teams, this is one of the sides I think could potentially win it. Extremely unlikely. The last one, though, is the Brisbane Broncos getting Adam Reynolds, Kirk Cable. You put Katoni Staggs back in there. You put Paddy Carrigan in there. I think they finished 14th year last year. Uh, I think they won seven games. I am expecting the Broncos to win 10-plus games, which this year would have got you into finals footy. Adam Reynolds needs to stay on the field. Tony Staggs needs to stay on the field. If those two do, I really do think the Broncos are a good chance to play finals footy. As I said, same as the Raiders and the Sharks. I don't think they will win the premiership, but if you're in the eight, anything can happen from there. So those would be my three teams as dark horses. I don't think any of them can actually win the premiership, though. I think the premiership will go to one of those top six that we saw feature last year, more than likely. Storm, Penrith Panthers, Sydney Roosters, maybe the Manly Seagulls, but I think those top three, they will be the Smokies. More of these questions coming throughout the week, guys. Stay tuned for those. Plenty more of your questions to be answered.